Go ahead. Me oh, too. hi, everyone. We're Darren's, oh, hey. Darren's giving me some producer notes here as we start the show. Yeah, well, well I think... You've got to tell me how to do my job. No, I, I like it. when you're silenced. Oh, in general, you know, like I feel like wow, kicking off Pride Month in a really interesting way. Yeah, here, I mean, like, like it's enough, John. You know, you got the shirt. Yeah, for those gay for a while. It's like we get it. We get <laughs> for it for a while. For a while, we get yes. it. I'm we shoving it. my gayness down everybody's throat by wearing this cute tie-dyed rainbow uh, T-shirt. Thank you. If you're watching on our Patreon, uh, if you're a sussy radish on Patreon, you can watch this video at or this podcast ad free complete with my rainbow tie-dye shirt i um, yeah. i have a gripe up top oh, here we you, go and i feel like i'm gonna All eat right. my words with this because i also feel like maybe you told me this but i don't think that you did what we all know julie louis dreyfus is like my god my heaven my my everything my everything, sun my, yeah. my moon my stars <laughs> i didn't realize she was in a marvel movie Oh, yeah. We talked about I did tell you this. Yeah. You definitely did. Let me just remind myself. Because I want to be mad at you in retrospect. No. I want to be like, yell at I want to yell at you right now. No. For not shoving that down my throat. But then I'm like, I'm sure he did tell me. I'm pretty sure sh- I'm 99% sure. I feel like the listeners will know this. They probably because do know. They, they know better than I do, even at this stage, because everything blurs together. Okay, yeah, well, she is. Um, give you the benefit of the doubt. Val uh, LaFontaine, a very popular character from. <sighs> From the from the things, and she's going to be in future movies and and projects and Disney Plus stuff too. Uh, so you'll have now is the time to get into it, Darren. If there's ever an, uh, you know, I made you watch WandaVision a couple of years ago here on the show. Yeah, did have uh, no, heard a thing you about made, it since. Didn't no, seem you to really made me catch watch on. Moon Moon. Oh, um, Moon Knight. Did you? Oh, moon so Knight. you didn't watch WandaVision, or you did? No, no. Oh, Moon Knight. Okay, so WandaVision was like the second one. I watched Survivor. You watched Moon Knight. And you loved it. But I will I love say Survivor, yeah. Big Brother comes out August 2nd. And so I know that's a three-day week thing, but like yeah. I might if you're not watching it, John, it's because you hate me. And I you hate can't. lesbians and you hate gay people. First of all, that's that's the only logical conclusion. Well, that's true. We know that. But I will say I did like Survivor and I wanted to keep up with it. And I pretty much did. I I, I made sure I watched in time, at least for the f- finale. Um, it was just, it's such a commitment. I'm like, how do people have time to watch it's an, three episodes? It's an hour a week. Of, Survivor's an hour a week. Babe. But you said it was going to be three a week. Big Brother is. Oh, Big Brother. That's that's a whole different thing. But I don't Happy Pride, John hates me. Happy Pride. I hate Darren. I'm having a Diet Coke, which is about the gayest thing I could be doing. And um, we're going to get it? right into- uh, Okay. Uh, into this week's episode, Darren. How about that? Let's do it. Happy June, everybody. We're we're kicking it off right. There you go. Well, on August 12th, 2014, just about 10 years ago, almost, a taxi cab pulled up in front of the luxurious St. Regis Hotel in Nusa Dua, Bali, Indonesia. I was just having coffee at the St. Regis Hotel literally two days ago. In Indonesia? I wish. In New York City. But close. Close. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. As the driver approached the spa, which is what this place basically was at that stage, he saw a couple, which was a young man and a woman, eagerly awaiting his arrival with a large suitcase in hand. The driver got out of the car and attempted to assist the young man with getting the suitcase into the trunk, as he could see by the way he was carrying it, that it was very heavy. 
I already know and feel like I know exactly what's going to happen. Right. Like, is there a body in there? That's what I'm I'm thinking. And I will say, and I kind of am somewhat familiar with this case. I remember it happening ever since the, uh, the footage of this scenario, which we're getting into came out. I always think about random suitcases, like what's in that suitcase. We don't know. We don't know what's on any, well, unless you're in the, in the airport and then you can see, but you know, just Getting in and out of a hotel, you never know what's what's going to happen. You don't. But anyway, that's just me being paranoid because I do a true crime podcast. Anyway, you the do? young the oh. young man <laughs> the young man uh, refused to let him help actually, and loaded the suitcase into the vehicle. The young woman. I will ahead. say, side note, like yeah. there are sometimes we're like if Nadine and I are traveling and we have a lot of luggage, like we do let the guys help us. But there are sometimes our suitcases yeah. where like they grab it by the wrong handle and it's very fragile. Well, I'll just be like, don't help me. Like I've got it. Cause it'll sure. be like an expensive suitcase. So like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't get know. That. I That's kind of that. normal. Yeah. My, I've had the same, here's something funny about me. My luggage I have had since 2009. How on earth it's still like, it's, it's literally rolly though. You it's rolly roll luggage, but it's like the old school luggage that only has the wheels on one side. And it's like, okay, John, like it's time to upgrade your luggage. So I know anyway. that's a thing that like you don't want to buy yourself, but once you do upgrade your luggage, it really, it. it really is worth it. And just so you know, I have the Serena Williams away luggage. Oh, I know. I remember. So you I just, it. I just remember. I was shocked that you didn't buy it for me or send it to me, but you know, whatever. Happy pride to me. Well, I, I knew you didn't need it, you know, because you had your <sighs> luggage. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. More, more on that later. I think. Um, yeah. Anyway, the young woman uh, then told the driver that they still needed to pay the front desk and that they would return shortly. So minutes would turn into hours as the driver sat in the running cab waiting for the couple to return. Jesus. Which is like, of course, insane because it's like, is the cab fare going? Like, he's just waiting around on them. Oh, I have to pause this here. I forgot to even say this on NMR, but I'm sorry. This is something that I have to say. (laughs) Okay. Birthday dinner. We get yeah. an Uber. Yeah. We go outside our apartment. We walk to the Uber. We match a license plate. Da da sure. da da. Good. No one's in the car. <gasps> okay. What? No one's in the car. It's waiting outside the apartment. No one's in the car. And Nadine's like, like no driver. The Uber driver. Saying. And she goes, Oh, I'm in McDonald's getting a sandwich right now. <gasps> oh. The Uber boy. driver that stopped. She was like, I just never see a McDonald's. It's so easy to get because you know on my street, like it's actually say, easy your to like is super drive easy. up. Yeah. Just like drive up. And we like we almost like couldn't be mad, but like yeah. just speaking of this, I was like sitting in the car being like, I literally said out loud to Nadine and go, I don't know how I feel about this right now. <laughs> like I want to support someone going to McDonald's, but like, but also we got somewhere that we got to go. Well, right. And the woman was like, listen, like I didn't mark you, like you're not marked for being late or whatever or the of trip. Course. She's like, I marked it that the trip was going because obviously you guys are here. I just want you to know that. And I was like, well, good because like yeah. you're causing. Anyway, I just I. I hope she I, enjoyed that McDouble. That's all I I'm was without. Say. It was a McChicken, and it was I'm without. I'm without speech, and so yeah. the art of this driver sitting yeah, here for sitting hours there. outside of the fucking thing. I was just like, he's like, did they go to McDonald's? What's going on? I here? couldn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, Darren. To your point, something didn't sit sit right with him. Um, after nearly two hours of waiting, he got out of the car and decided to inspect the suitcase, suspicious that it might contain something illegal, such as drugs. Because right. They're like, hey, let's just put this suitcase in your Drop trunk off and the evidence. BRB. Right. 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 
Well, when he saw what he saw when he looked in the trunk, undoubtedly made him wish that he that his first guess was correct because what he actually found was much more disturbing. On the heavy suit suitcase, he saw a large smear of blood. Blood was also beginning to leak out of the zipper into his trunk. And you might know exactly where this is going because we guessed it. I'm trying to think what I would do. Like, do you, and I, and I, and I think the right answer is yes, you call the police, right? But I'm thinking, depending on my circumstance, depending on what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. do I call the police? They're automatically going to think it's me. You know what I mean? And granted, my fingerprints aren't on it because I didn't help him move that into the trunk. So it's like, how could I possibly have done this crime with my fingerprints aren't on it? But it is in my possession. It's hard to imagine someone just put something into their trunk. Like, I could sort of be scared. And this is why I sort of understand when victims don't want to come forward of the police not believing you. And now you're prime suspect number one. Well, and also, I mean, I think in this scenario, if you're at the hotel, I think I would call the police because at the very least, there'd be cameras like. You know what I mean? If this were happening right. like in an Uber in it's the only middle ten of, years ago, yeah, right. And if if this were happening in an Uber, like you know, in the countryside or something, then I'd be a little more nervous. But right, I mean, I would be freaking out if I were this driver at this point. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it's very weird. I also want to know what the cab bill was after two hours of <laughs> just know, idling. But that's an aside. Yeah. Well, police were immediately called to the scene, of course, and when they opened the suitcase. They discovered the brutally beaten body of Chicago socialite, 62-year-old Sheila Von Weissmack. Mm. I do think it's a good idea that he didn't open the suitcase. Like, let 100%. police just... If there's blood, and, and even if, I would say, even if there wasn't blood leaking out of the zipper, which is a hell no for me. You see a blood smear, and I'm out. You're you're completely out. You're not touching. You're You're completely disconnected. You're moving people away from the car. Like, you've got to really... Again, this might be because we're true crime podcasters here and we know how to protect a crime scene, but maybe not everybody does. And I don't know what the laws are in Bali, but I would just like as an American, (laughs) I would certainly be scared and I would certainly be scared in other countries. So, yeah, well, Sheila had arrived in Bali on the previous Saturday, August 2nd, for an impromptu vacation with her daughter, 18 year old Heather Mack. And Heather Mack was born in 1995 in Chicago, Illinois. Her father was world renowned composer, producer and jazz musician James L. Mack. And her mother was Sheila Von Weiss Mack, who obviously was in the trunk. Now, James's success allowed for the family to live a full life of luxury, and they would often take multiple lavish vacations a year together. He must have been a pretty good jazz musician, I got to be honest. Some kind of, uh, you know, yeah, some kind of deal there. In 2001, the family went on a Royal Caribbean cruise. I've been on one where James injured his foot. Now, he was att- he was attended by the cruise ship's medical staff, but the treatment he received was not adequate. And he soon developed a bacterial infection mm. left left him partially paralyzed. Mm. That's really horrible. I know. You always hear about these stories. One of my friends was just in the hospital. She was getting a brain tumor removed, actually. Mm. And I just, I just saw her today. Mm. And... That's why I was in Brooklyn mm. a little bit late. A little bit and late. she That's said okay. that one of her friends who was like at the hospital the next day for some like routine procedure, then got meningitis from the hospital. Oh my God. You need sanitary conditions. Like yeah. getting these things in hospitals, it's just, especially on a cruise ship, it's like totally. horrible. Well, James would go on to sue the cruise line, of course, but that would not be resolved right. until about five years, unfortunately, after his death. The bacterial infection caused irreparable damage, and in 2006, James died from a pulmonary embolism while on vacation mm. in Athens, Greece. And the once joyous and close-knit family was shattered. 
leaving only Sheila and Heather to pick up the pieces. What a horrible way to go. It's really, it's really tragic. Super sad. Yeah. Very, very sad. Um, Well, at the time of her father's death, Heather was only about 10 years old and losing a parent can be an an incredibly traumatic experience, uh, especially when you're so young. Sheila was determined to make sure that this tragedy brought her and her daughter closer together. But as Heather grew into her teenage years, that proved to be quite an intimidating task. You know, you might have a child, I'm sure many of you are listening now, who, you know, was a quiet little normal, you know, whatever type of kid. But then once they turn into a teenager, it's a whole new, whole new ball game. Ball Those game. hormones, my friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, with Heather's situation, obviously, it's very different with her dad, you know, having died and you know, she didn't take her father's death well. And how can you? What? Who Who of does course. take a parent's death well? Um, and obviously this led to her sort of acting out quite a bit. Her behavior was sort of uh, changing here. And what started as a typical teenage rebellion, such as sneaking out and partying, soon became dangerous and violent. In 2010, Heather spent a week in Cook County Juvenile Corrections Facility. While she was there, she placed uh, she was placed on several psychiatric holds due to her violent outburst towards staff. And a lot of people probably hear this and they're like, violent outburst, she deserves to be in there. But you do have to remember, like, losing your parent at, at that age, at some of maybe the most formative development developmental years of a child's life, it's almost like par for the course in a lot of ways. Well, I think people are also thinking like, oh, she's got money. She should be fine. She has right. no resources in her world. And That's it's like, well, thing. death yeah. affects us all. And yeah. Money or side, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's hard totally. to say how that's going to have a psychological effect on you. Yeah. In 2011, 16-year-old Heather had the police called on her after she punched Sheila's broken ankle ooh, during ooh, an argument. Ooh, ooh you've got ooh, to really be... Oh, uh, that, like, hurt me. I ooh. know. Like, I'm Of all in, the things we hear, there's just something about, like, yeah. punching an ankle. Ooh. That just broke my ankle. Yeah, it did a little. Like, <sighs> I, my feet are a little... Can I keep going yeah, in the show? Yeah. But no, exactly. I know, like, that description, I've never heard of something like that. No. It sounds very, like, like something you'd see in Saw or something. Yeah. Anyway, later that same year, uh, Heather broke her mother's arm and then ripped the phone cord out of the wall so she couldn't even call for help. You know, listen, Heather, okay, let me let me walk this back a little bit. You know, be outlandish behavior as a result of a parent's death is one thing it's almost to be expected but this is getting to a point of like this is violent though, very you know? violent yeah. uh belligerent behavior exactly well anyway sheila managed to escape and run to a neighbor who then phoned the authorities in total records show a total of 86 visits to the mac home uh, all pertaining to domestic violence between sheila and heather and despite the abuse Sheila always tried to protect Heather, often not allowing police to even photograph her injuries and repeatedly dropping the charges. I think if you're a mom in that situation, I would probably feel the same pressure to do that because maybe you even feel some amount of guilt. Yeah, exactly. Or responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, even though the death was obviously sudden and erratic, it manifests different ways. For sure. Well, their relationship was incredibly unstable and tumultuous, as we've just described, but Sheila loved her daughter fiercely. And, you know, some of their most common tips, Darren, which we'll get into in a second, revolved around money, which, again, you might expect at that stage in their lives. That's the most common tip for most people, too. So, yeah, true. Not surprising there, but Sheila supported her daughter financially, but Heather still felt 
she was sort of entitled to more. She deserved more. Mm -hmm. This was partially due to the lawsuit surrounding her father's injury and eventual death, which was finally settled in 2011. Now, five days before his death, James had updated his will, naming Heather as the sole heir of his estate. However, when the case was settled, the judge ruled that because of Heather's age, the settlement would be should be given to Sheila rather than to her. Mm. You know, I don't think he thought, you know, he was going to die. And then, you know, I thought I'm sure he thought she was going to be old enough, you know, when this yeah. kind of time came around, when he did finally die, that Heather was going to be old enough to take over the estate. So all of this is kind of extenuating circumstances in a lot of ways. But it is interesting, though, five days before his death, he's changing it to Heather. I don't know. Right. That's interesting to me. I don't know. Something to keep in our back pocket. Maybe. Yeah, it is a little bit odd. And in total, and I've had experience with this before where it's like, yeah. you know, especially when people die, like get your affairs in order, people. Let me just tell you, because it's such yeah. a nightmare, you know, really kind of knowing is. what they really want. And in total, Sheila received nearly $841,000, $340,000 to her directly and $500,000, which was supposed to be given to the estate. Now, as Heather grew older, she began to resent her mother for this and felt she had been cheated out of the money her father had legally deemed hers. I sort of get this. You kind of understand like what the nefariousness of all of this is. For me, no matter where money kind of plays out or what kind of happens, all you just for me, it's just like you just want the wishes of that person to be executed. Honored. Yeah, yeah, honored and executed appropriately. Like, yeah, and I mean doesn't matter what it is. Give me everything, give me nothing. I just want your wishes upheld. Absolutely. And it's, by the way, his money to deem out however he wants after his death. I mean, I kind of understand, like, look, Heather is, of course, young, but it's weird that, like, I, I mean, I'm assuming she didn't get any of the money or I, I mean, what exactly? I don't know. It's a lot of money. So I'm like, it's we're not talking even. I feel like Heather was going to. Yeah. Or like was going to get it. You know what I mean? Like maybe Sheila had plans for her, her daughter. Or maybe she we didn't did. trust that that her mom. Would, she was you know? supporting her. It yeah. wasn't like Sheila took the money and then like and kicked her daughter out. out. So there right. does seem to be like, yeah. you know, it could have just been an age limitation thing. Sure. And by 2014, Sheila was fighting desperately to maintain a relationship with her only child. And in an attempt to return to some state of normalcy, she decided to plan a trip to one of the family's old favorite vacation destinations, Bali, Indonesia. And before the trip, several of Sheila's friends and family tried to warn her against going alone with Heather. I mean, again, violence. She punched her broken ankle. She broke her arm. She ripped the yeah. phone cord out. Um, these are sort of like seditious acts, you know, something to really monitor. And given her history of violence, they felt that Sheila would not be safe in another country yeah. alone with her daughter. And unfortunately, they just kind of had no way of knowing just how right they were. They were just trusting sort of on their instincts with this one. Yeah, and honestly, there's actually more details to this that I think are even more sussy red flags, if you will. Prior to the trip, Heather had dropped out of college and had been living in a hotel. Now, honestly, this is giving me a little bit of a, like, I'm like, are there drugs involved? If you're mentally unwell, are you on some sort of psychiatric medication? Are you taking it? Are you not? I mean, I'm I'm fully speculating here, but if you feel so overwhelmed that you have to drop out of college and live in a hotel like something is going on you know Sheila was worried sick about Heather as she had been hanging out with what she described to friends as a bad crowd uh finally Sheila was able to locate the rambunctious 18 year old and brought her home according to Sheila she barely even recognized her daughter it was then that Heather dropped a major bomb on her mother not only was she pregnant 
but it was the child of her boyfriend who Sheila very strongly disliked. His name mm. was Tommy Schaefer. Um, he was an unemployed rapper who went by the name of Tommy XX. Um, the pair had begun dating while Heather was a senior in high school and Tommy was a college student. Now, when Tommy dropped out of school to pursue his music career, Sheila began developing some harsh opinions about him and attempted to keep the couple apart by moving away from Chicago. Now, listen, we all we all know parents, you know, they have harsh thoughts about their who their children are dating. But if your parent is going so far as to move out of Chicago to get as far away from, you know, to me, I think there's just a way more intense picture that we're might we might not have the research here in front of us to talk about. I just think it really indicates a severe problem going and no, on. I, you know? I think you're right. But my mind is like, given the history that we kind of know of her violence, of her obviously feeling like Sheila has cheated her mm-hmm. out of the money that mm-hmm. her father owed, moving away to not even be with the, her boyfriend, her one ally, her one this. I just right. feel like obviously the road to you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I feel like Sheila's intentions were right, but this is just going to exacerbate the yeah, hate that Heather feels about Sheila. Not to say that it was the wrong move, but yeah. it's going to have a lot of rippling rippling effects and True. consequences, you know? And maybe Sheila was even feeling like she's trying to save her life, you know? Like she's here, you right. know, Heather's situation is not looking good. So maybe this was like a last resort for Sheila herself. Well, as you might expect, this only caused Heather to rebel even more, Darren, as you were just mentioning, as she commonly would steal money and disappear for days or even weeks on end. Heather having a baby with Tommy was the absolute last thing that Sheila wanted for her daughter. Heather had been been pregnant twice before when she was underage, and both times Sheila made her daughter get an abortion. When Sheila was told about the most recent pregnancy, she filed for right of attorney to ensure that the pregnancy was terminated now that Heather was 18. Because, of course, in order for that to be something that happens to an 18-year-old, you have to have this right of attorney, basically. Um, But as you might expect, Heather had her own plans about how this was all going to go down. Yeah, not only did she have no intention of aborting the pregnancy, along with the help of Tommy, she had been developing a maniacal plan to take back what Heather felt was rightfully Mm -hmm. hers. Emails would later be leaked showing that Tommy and Heather had been conspiring to kill Sheila for weeks leading up to the trip. The plan was simple. Heather would fly to Bali with her mother, and once they were there, she'd wait for her mother to go to sleep. Then she would use Sheila's credit card to book Tommy a direct flight to Bali where they would commit the crime together and flee. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, the plan went as they had kind of anticipated. Heather booked a first class flight for Tommy and two days later he arrived at the hotel much to Sheila's <laughs> dismay. Now, CCT footage, CCTV footage would show Sheila and Tommy loudly arguing in the lobby before returning up to the room. Yeah, Sheila's probably like, what the? Yeah, uh, like what what the are you doing here? You know ooh, what I mean? Ooh. Yeah. In the hotel room, Tommy hit Sheila over the head with a heavy metal fruit bowl, which resulted in a broken nose, fractured skull, broken neck. So he just like went for it. And he went for it. Sheila died very shortly thereafter from asphyxiation due to the broken nose. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that you could die from suffocation from having a broken nose. Yeah. Oh, this case is like all kinds of yucks. But maybe if you're like... You have a broken nose, a fractured skull, and a broken neck. She might be unconscious, and maybe they held her breath so she yeah. couldn't breathe through her nose. Because, Probably. like, obviously, that's crazy. And when she was dead, Heather and Tommy emptied Sheila's large suitcase. They covered her in a sheet, 
jammed her into the suitcase, breaking mm. her neck in the process, which obviously was already broken, but just like, yeah, I mean, trying to put a body in a suitcase, that's pretty much what you would expect to happen. Yeah. Well, the following, and let me tell you, I try putting Nadine in a suitcase every weekend, and she's small, but it's hard. And that's just like, that's just the type of romance you guys have. You know what I mean? It's just our love story. Unfolding. It's your love story. Well, the following morning, they took the suitcase down to the lobby and told the front desk that they would be checking out early. Now, and by the way, the following morning, so this all goes down in the hotel room. What, they go to sleep with with, with Sheila in the suitcase? I mean, I mean they've been planning this. I, yeah. I imagine that they're not losing sleep over yeah. this woman, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, Heather even told the concierge that her mother would be down shortly to pay for their stay and check out as well. I mean, why even tell the lobby that they're checking out early? Anyway, then they called uh, for a taxi and waited for the curb for, excuse me, waited on the curb for it to arrive. After the suitcase was loaded in the car and the driver was asked to wait, which we were talking about at the top of the show, Heather began to pick up on the driver's suspicion and decided it would be better for them to flee and take another cab. So remember, he's waiting around for two hours, like we talked about at the start of this episode. Meanwhile, they're nowhere to be found. They already. But took are these people cab. idiots to not think that there would be video footage That's to your point I'm about getting. earlier? Like, yeah. I don't understand. Like, yeah, you well, know. It's odd. Maybe in Indonesia, they thought they were going to like escape and hang out in Indonesia. Who really knows? I mean. Yeah, maybe they think that the foreign country aspect of it all, that they'll be able to like evade authorities, but. Potentially. Well, they went to the opposite side of the hotel where they found another taxi that would take them to the airport. Now, this is where we get a little more details about what they think is going to go down. Somewhere during this ordeal, the pair realized that they had left most of their personal belongings in the hotel room. Most importantly, Darren. Their passports. Oh, well, good things passports don't have any identification on That's it. right. Good thing. That's the good thing. Well, of course, they were nervous to go back, so they but they decided that their best option would be to go to the immigration at the airport and attempt to get new passports. This sounds like a complete disaster, by the way. Also, what you absolute idiot. Pay me to go to fucking immigration or like <laughs> no. an airport to go get a new passport. And like, I would imagine. I don't even want to go to the DMV, motherfucker. No chance. You're just reminding me I need to get my license renewed. But I would say, you know, especially at, in Indonesia, like I would just suspect that that's a very tall task. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, this plan was unsuccessful as they found themselves trapped in Indonesia. So, you know, it didn't work out. They weren't able to get new passports. I'm assuming at this point, they probably checked out of that motel. Um, we'll see what happens here. But still, using their mother's stolen credit card, the two bunkered down in a nearby motel where they planned on laying low until the dust settled. Um, this was not enough. Uh, I'm sorry. This was not thought through enough as the police were easily able to locate them. And the next day, they were both arrested for the premeditated murder of Sheila. Because remember, the cab driver was only sitting around for about two hours until he was like, oops. There's blood coming out of this uh, suitcase. I'm going to call the authorities. So this all basically was happening within a two-hour time frame. Um, Heather and Tommy tried to convince the police that Sheila had been killed by robbers, but that that was a hard sell as there was already this footage from from the cameras uncovered from both inside and outside of the hotel that showed the couple with a suitcase. I mean, how stupid can these two people be? Come on. Heather told Indonesian, 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 what am I saying there? Indonesian. Indonesian investigators uh, that she was pregnant, which they interpreted as her attempting to get some leniency and being sent home. 
However, blood work and urine tests confirmed she was telling the truth, which most likely did impact sentencing and her behavior eventually once they had uh, a trial, which, Darren, we can get into right now. Well, on September 19th, Tommy gave a full admission to killing Sheila, and Heather admitted to helping him move the body. Huh. Okay. Okay. They were officially charged for premeditated murder on January 15th, 2015, nearly five months after the crime was committed. The young pair was held in prison for over a year as they awaited trial. And during that time, Heather gave birth to their baby, Stella, which she was allowed to keep and care for while being incarcerated. The potential punishment for this crime was a daunting one. Death by firing squad. Okay, this is very archaic in my mind, but again, we're in a different country. Exactly, yep, yep. While on trial in Indonesia, Tommy claimed his attack on Sheila was an act of self-defense. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah, definitely not that. I'm surprised that they weren't extradited back to the United States. Um, I don't know. I just just find that interesting. I mean, the crime was obviously committed in, in Indonesia. I don't know what the protocol is for that. But could you imagine, like... You know, that means that her child isn't even an American citizen because she was born in um, Indonesia. Like Amanda Knox, I think she was held in the Italian prison. I feel like if it's like you have the crime here, but then you flee somewhere, you're going to get extradited. But not if the crime Ah, happens there. I don't know. But he claimed. So this is what Tani claims. Okay, he claimed that he had flown to Bali simply to just talk to Sheila about Heather's pregnancy and try to convince her to let Heather keep it. Okay, there's cell phones. That's yeah, like this is clearly not going to add up. I mean, right? How, or just wait till they come back. I mean, how absolutely stupid are these people? Anyway, keep going. Not smart <laughs> criminals. I mean, thank not God smart. for that. Um, yeah. Obviously, they said the conversation did not go as planned. Mm-hmm. He claimed that Sheila became enraged, yelling racial slurs at him, threatening to cut the baby out of Sheila's stomach. Oh God. Hey, this argument escalated to Sheila attempting to strangle Tommy. Oh my he claimed God. that it was split-second decision to grab the heavy fruit bowl and bash her over the head with it. These claims would be found undeniably false once the emails between him and Heather would be released. Hello. Showing exactly what he said, you know, he was he originally went, there yeah. to do. Uh, and pages upon pages <laughs> of emails and text messages were revealed showing that Tommy and Heather had carefully concocted this plan to kill Sheila. And it even reached out to a third person for advice and help on this matter. I mean, thank God these people are fucking dumb. So that way Sheila can get some justice. And you know what? I want to say like 2014, while that wasn't that long ago, we're well along in terms of like, you know, cell phones and texting and stuff like that and email. I do wonder, like, maybe they just really thought like they could get away with it because it's not as traceable or... You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's certainly not 1990 or 1990, yeah. as I like to say, but, <laughs> right. but, you know, maybe it's just early enough in society and, and cell phones and text messages that they thought they might be able to get away with this. I think it's more, I think it's even less than that. I feel like yeah. it's their blinded rage by feeling that they deserve that, or, she, you mm-hmm. know, Heather deserves this money that Sheila has been ousted. She's got all of this you know, this mental health issue kind of going on that I think they're just so blinded by their rage and Tommy probably wanted the money that that's why they go to murder first. I don't think that they were even thinking about how to do it smartly. They're just like, fuck you, I'm going to kill you and blah, 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 blah. Like, I think they're just so blinded by it. And they have this humongous roadblock with hundreds of thousands of dollars in her bank account that was actually meant to go to the other person. I mean, I'm definitely not justifying their behavior, but you do kind of get why they're angry at the very least, I would say. 
I, I would say so. And um, text messages implied that the plotting had actually begun as early as May of 2014. Now, again, this crime happened in like August of 2014. Yeah, right. On May 26th, Heather messaged Tommy asking him to, quote, forget that she asked him to kill her mom and implying that she had paid someone $50,000 wow. to find a hitman. And that person was Tommy's cousin, Robert Bibbs. Interesting. Well, Robert helped Tommy and Heather plan out the crime, but not without several failed attempts first. Because remember, this this case is nothing but failed attempts. They're not even using code, though. Yeah. Forget that I told you to kill my mom. Yeah. I've got someone instead to do it. And it's supposed to be <laughs> yeah. like, forget the plan. I found someone else to do this. Like, right. You're saying to like blatantly out loud what the fuck this is. Like, it's crazy to me. Well, in one instance, Heather attempted to kill her mom with an overdose and make it appear to be an accident. When one plan failed, they tried another until it felt like their only option was to do it themselves. And Heather saw this vacation as the perfect opportunity. In these correspondences, Heather promised them each a share of her $11 million inheritance once the deed was done. So now we're talking way more money than just what was given from, from the death. I mean, it sounds like maybe there's some, you know, estates and some, some maybe Once life the insurance. Case played out from yeah. the Royal Caribbean. Yeah. Right. Exactly. In April of 2015, Tommy was found guilty and sentenced to 18 years in prison to be served in Indonesia, by the way. Heather received a slightly lighter sentence of 10 years as the court showed her leniency since she had just given birth to Stella. Wow. I'm shocked by that. Me too. Later that same year in America, Robert Bibbs would be arrested for conspiracy to commit foreign murder, earning him nine years in prison. These are kind of, I don't know, nine years for conspiracy to murder? That seems like not a lot to me. Um, different countries, different rules, you know, even in, I think it's like Sweden, I think the maximum sentence you can get, which would be like for murder or whatever is like 20 years, you know, America has like a really, really hard penal code. Mm -hmm. So we have to remember that in other countries, you know, like, and, and maybe the prison systems are better where they can rehabilitate or they have better systems, but yeah. Well, this one, and was... I know, I know that this one happened in America, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like in terms of just like, I don't know. He didn't go through with it. Committing a foreign murder might change oh, it. Oh, that's true. That could be I, true. I, I, Maybe he didn't have any other, you know, issues on his record. I guess you're right. I don't know, man. It's, it's crazy. But I mean, the, fa the fact that somebody can serve nine years and then be let out of prison to maybe conspire for other murder. I mean, that's just kind of shocking to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. And maybe but... it was only the evidence given. Like, maybe they only yeah, have a certain true. amount of evidence sort of given. I mean, because Sheila actually, like, not yeah. only committed the murder helped with it orchestrated heather it did, did heather, all, did, heather yes. did sorry mm -hmm. heather did she only got 10 years yeah i know it's crazy and i understand like that's just it's just kind of wild but yeah. today tommy remains in indonesia where he's serving his 18 year sentence and will face criminal charges in the u.s once he is released yeah. the judge stated that he showed mercy on tommy because of how polite and remorseful he was during his trial Interesting. on her second birthday their daughter stella was given to a foster family in indonesia Jeez. this was upon the request of heather herself as she claimed she was nervous about stella going back to the u.s with her she did not want her daughter to be exposed to the truth about mm. why her parents were in jail and felt that it was in her best interest to stay in Bali. I kind of see that's that. an entirely personal decision, but this sort of sounds yeah. like the most humane yeah. of her decisions that we've well, sort of seen. And I think what you're yeah, and to add to what you're saying, like 
probably the best setup for the best life for this for this daughter. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. absolutely. But it's not like she probably wouldn't find out the truth, but it's yeah. hard to say. Hard to Heather say. was released from the Kuroboken prison in 2021 for good behavior and immediately deported back to the United States. Upon her arrival in Chicago, I mean, remember, this is like a wealthy air company. Like, I mean, um, the family, they yeah. know this name, you know, yeah. they know the Mac name. Upon her arrival in Chicago, she was arrested and is currently being held in federal prison as she awaits her U.S. trial for premeditated murder and conspiracy to commit foreign murder. Her trial is set to begin in two months, July of 2023. Yeah. So this case is wild. I remember hearing about it when it was going down a couple years, like several years ago. Um, you know, since it is so new, we'll have to keep an eye on this and ask Megan to, uh, you know, keep an eye on the research for this as her trial is coming up in two months. And you I'm know, maybe look up Tommy XX and see like what. Yeah, see if there's like any rap videos out there. Something. Well, nonetheless, let us know if you guys remember hearing about this case when it came out, and let us know what you think about some of these sentencings and how this all played out. You can hit us up on social at Jay Thrasher and at Carpe Darren. Yes. You can hit us up on our Insta or our uh, Facebook page, and we are responding to DMs on Patreon, no matter what tier you've subscribed to. So, hit us up there if you'd like, Darren. Let's get into listener shoutouts because this first one that you're handling, I had to be reminded by you about yes. what exactly Tegan so is talking about. Yeah, I gave us Tegan. I responded to you. I love this. <laughs> Tegan in our Facebook group shared some good wisdom saying, yeah. quote, listen to today's episode. Ask my husband, who's changed both his brake pads and his oil, if it's necessary to have a penis and to also be pantless uh-huh. to perform these tasks. Right. Because on this podcast, John, we don't know. We, we never might, know. We need You might clarity. have to have a penis. You we might. need clarity. Yeah, it's Well, true. Tegan clarified for us, uh, or her husband rather did, and sure. said, no, you don't need a penis. It's not required. Okay. He has faith that anyone can kind of do this. Okay. He didn't have a comment on the pants situation, though. So <laughs> it's possible that in order to change brake pads, you don't yeah. have to have a penis. Yes. But you may have to be pantsless. Tegan? Thank you for being mechanic, so happy. mechanics 101. <laughs> I just love that her husband was like, no, I could just picture her husband like, no, you don't need a penis. You don't need to have. I'm that. confident anyone with yeah. any genitalia can yeah. do this. We should mention for those who may not know what we're talking about, we're referencing last week's episode in which something around brake pads and a penis and no pants happening. Uh, you know, well, the cab driver the, was, yeah. you know, claimed to be uh, fixing his car, but right. he wasn't. He was he was doing masturbatory things, right. um, which you do also don't need a penis to have. But in this case, for this type of masturbation, you do need a penis to have, right. but not thank, to change brake pads. Th- thank you, it. Tegan. Thank you, yeah. Darren. Thank yeah. you, and thank you, Darren, for clearing that up for us. I just wanted to clear it up. Thank you. You don't need a penis to clarify okay. things. Okay, there we go. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Well, Krista on Patreon, Darren freaked out and DM'd us saying, quote, screaming in my car from excitement that mom is now a Swifty. As a huge Swifty myself, I'm so happy one of you are finally in the family. Welcome. And also, John, congrats on finally getting Darren a gift on time. Darren's clapping. You can't really 
hear it because of the sound, uh, the sound thing, but Darren's clapping along. I want to say, uh, Krista, thank you. I, I guess I'm a Swifty. Um, you're uh, Swifty. Well, Krista also mentioned that she laughed at the idea that I would be able to get Taylor Swift tickets, which I do know is a big fiasco that's happening. It's a big ordeal. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they're out there. They're just extremely expensive. So it's like, do I want to pay that much money mm. to see Taylor Swift? I'm not quite sure. I'm not, Good I don't point. know how big of a Swifty I quite am just yet, but I thank you, it. Krista. Um, I'm identifying as a Swifty for now and we'll see how it goes. That's kind of the way I'm, I'm approaching it. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, join us on Patreon where you can get all kinds of bonus content, including this episode ad-free and in video form. That's right. You can see every single full episode recording right there on Patreon. You can click our uh, link in the show notes for that. And thank you, Megan, um, for right. doing all of this. Of course, we have to thank her. I'm still thinking about the penis comment and how I could get penis I one more time into the show. But I think I got it in by my explanation okay. of putting penis into the show. Okay. So on yeah. three, let's thank Megan. <laughs> one, two, three. Thanks, Thanks Megan. Megan. We'll and see guys, you guys, thank you so much. Check your freshies. Change your brake pads. <laughs> only if you're pantsless. And yes. uh, we'll see you guys next week. Happy June. Happy Pride. And there I hope everyone had an amazing Memorial Day weekend. That's right. Bye. 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 <laughs>